Hi, how are you hanging in there? I hope that if you're listening to this, you are healthy, holly, jolly, and feeling good as maybe you head into your holidays um, and most definitely as you head into the end of 2021. I have not had much of a chance to catch my breath recently. And it's funny because I remember last year at this time, I had like two weeks of just sit back, relax, reflect, plan, dream about the coming year. There wasn't a lot going on. But this year, it feels like that is all going to have to wait until after we get back from our family's Christmas celebration, which at that time, uh, when we do get back, I want to get back into routine and I'm really hoping for like a solid week to decompress, plan, and focus on some inner reflection. But right now, things are just moving at a little bit of a rapid pace and there is just not time for such things. Um, but if you're into doing that as well and you want to join me with some questions you can use to sit with as you prepare to move into 2020 and like I'm not trying to get in the way of any process or routine you already have, I feel like this could be an addition to that. So I put together a downloadable PDF with no opt-in, if you can believe that in today's day and age, and you can grab it for yourself at www.shebuiltthis.org backslash 2022 is coming. And obviously I'm going to have the link in the show notes as well. So I am, you know, not really a New Year's resolutions kind of person anymore. I'm like a reformed New Year's resolution person. Uh, person. But I do love a good end of year reflection and planning for the year ahead. And so that's why I put together this little guide. And of course, I wanted to be able to share it with the people that I am cheering on. And that would be you. So it's all yours if you want it. If this is your first time joining me, Welcome here. Uh, My name is Emily Aborn. I'm the owner and founder of She Built This, a women's entrepreneurship community which is honestly full of the most authentic bunch of people who are committed to being by your side every single step of the way as you build your business. The group includes tangibly like some ongoing workshops, education, networking, connection, opportunities for promotion and visibility, accountability, group think, and more. And you can learn all about each of these at shebuiltthis.org and get involved with us on three different levels of membership depending on what you need right now in your business and life. So in addition to She Built This, I'm also a content writer and I just finished up a huge website project for an interior designer. I got to write a creative and out-of-the-box voicemail message for actually another interior designer. And I'm kicking off with a new client this week to help her create three months of content from blogs to social media posts to anything she needs to get her message out there. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So that just gives you a little idea of what I do as a content writer. I am taking new clients for January. So if any of those things are things you're like, oh my gosh, I need help with that. I would love to chat with you too. Um, So anyway, what you get on this podcast as a result of those two businesses and passions is a mix of inspiring stories from other women entrepreneurs and the people in their lives that support them, marketing and writing tips that you can use, education, inspiration, and a lot of bad puns. I've been definitely known to intend a pun or two. Okay, so that's the quick and dirty on that. And before we got we get into today's episode, I wanted to start out with a story of my youth. 
I had always wanted to have my own business growing up, and I tried a ton of different things. I had lemonade stands, a newspaper, a gopher service where I like ran errands for people, a traveling quote unquote store, which I'm going to be honest with you, it was just a shoebox full of like Charleston chews and stickers. Um, I also had a dog walking service, and these were all just my businesses or like money making ideas from the ages of six to 11. So As you can imagine, it was just all upward and onward from there. Okay, so when it came to this dog walking service, I mean, I didn't really have much business starting this. We had a dog. Her name was Lady, and she was a very strong coon hound with a very strong sense of smell. And she dragged me across the ground several times in pursuit of whatever she was chasing. I was like this really scrawny kid, and I definitely couldn't restrain any animal that was determined to free itself from the leash. But at the same time, I loved dogs. So I decided a dog walking service was a perfect idea. So for my dog walking service, I created flyers and I distributed them around our small neighborhood on foot. I also had my mom help me to get the word out at church. I had exactly three clients before I retired. My first client was the Johnstons. Now, they had an older purebred black lab named Rosie. She had a really big bark and she needed to pee quite often. So when they went out of town for the day for work, they asked me to stay there and let Rosie out and ensure that she got, you know, some outdoor time. These people had satellite TV and they were paying me. So I was like, this is a no brainer. Um, And Rosie was really well behaved. She would always just like sit by the door and let me know when she had to go to the bathroom. We'd play with her ball. And then of course I would go back to the basement with like all these amazing snacks they had in their pantry and watch TV shows that I was definitely not allowed to watch at home. Um, I think I was supposed to be doing schoolwork. I was homeschooled. So there was definitely like, stuff I was supposed to be doing, but TV was far more entertaining. And in in my mind at that time, it was far more educational as well. Thank you, MTV. Um, When lunch rolled around, I made some macaroni and cheese on the Johnston's gas stove. Now, we did not have a gas stove then. um, And the flames were like a novelty to me. I was so enamored with fire. I still kind of am. Um, And I took pieces of the macaroni and cheese box and lit them on fire on that gas stove one by one so that I like singed them. You know what? I think I had seen those like messages in a bottle uh, and they had like always had cool burnt ends on them. And so I was trying to kind of like create something like that, you know? So when I was done playing with the fire... I threw all the remnants in the trash and I hid it under the paper towel that whatever, you know, I'd use to clean up with and eat with. Well, the Johnsons came back home and paid me and drove me home. And then later that night, my phone at home rings and my mom answered and I could just tell by her tone like, "Uh, oh, I think I'm in trouble for some reason. So after she hangs up, she confronted me and asked me why I was burning macaroni and cheese boxes at other people's house. Essentially, like, you do know you could have set their house on fire, right? Uh, Why would you do something like that? And, you know, I'm like, I don't know. I should have been doing homework. That's why I'm not a smart kid. So I shrugged. (laughs) Well, needless to say, they never asked me back to watch Rosie again. All right. So my second client was Deborah, and she was our next door neighbor. And she asked me if I'd be willing to walk Sunny, their little dog, on the weekdays while she was at work. When she asked me, 
uh, what my rate was. I was like, well, I don't know. How much do you want to pay me? You know? And she said, oh, well, okay, well, I'll give you $10 a week. And I was like, $10? That's way too much. How about five? And Deborah was like, great. I just saved $260 a year. And she paid me $5 a week. I will say she was very sweet and sometimes snuck in um, a tip. And they also had great snacks. So that kind of like made up for it. But the reality was I walked sunny every day, sometimes twice a day, for a dollar. That is not a very good money-making strategy. <laughs> um, okay, so the third client was the owner of the German Shepherds. And I imagine, you know, I can't remember it 100%, but I imagine the conversation went something like, hey, little girl, would you let Killer and our other attack dog out every afternoon while we're at work? And I was like, sure, no problem. Well, when I got to their house, the dogs like growled at me and were barking and barking and barking. And I was too scared to even let them out. So I went running home and asked my mom to come help me. I think she actually ended up just completely doing it for me while I stood there. And I was like, oh my God, it's so scary. She just brought treats. And of course, the dogs were like fine and angels to her. And you would think that I would retire after all that, but I did still say yes to a couple of other like dog, actually dog sitting jobs in my adulthood. And I almost set someone's house on fire for real, though it was not my fault this time. Um, When I was 24, my former high school economics teacher asked me to watch her two dogs and their house. And I was like, yes, I am up for anything. Um, It was all going fine until one morning I woke up at five o'clock a.m. I have no idea how I was such a morning person then. And I decided "Mm, five o'clock a.m. was a great time to bake a squash in the oven. And suddenly the house did not just smell like squash. It smelled like burning dog food. And then the smoke alarm started going off. And then there was smoke billowing out of the oven, which made perfect sense because there was a bag of dog food in the oven. That's where the owners like kept their extra bags of dog food. And I guess they just didn't make me aware of that. So my squash cooking at five o'clock in the morning ended up with the fire department coming in at five, you know, 515-ish to put out the fire. And my former economics teacher, she definitely had to invest in like a new half of their kitchen. (laughs) But at least the dogs were okay. You know, All, all was fine. They forgave me. They were really sweet about it. And then last but not least, I also forgot to take in someone's bird feeder. That was like a must. You know, they're like, every night we must take in the bird feeder. And a bear got into it and it basically just sat there and had like a feast right in front of me. And I was, there was nothing I could do about it. So, you know, I just can't resist a good story time. But today I want to help you rest, be rest assured that our guest has had a way more successful story to her own entrepreneurial start and creating a business around her love for animals. You are going to be hearing today from Heidi Bell, the owner of Making Waves. She was actually one of the panelists at our recent She Built This event here in New Hampshire. And I wanted to be sure that those who missed the event got to hear from Heidi because I love her story and her positivity. And I personally had way more questions for her than we were able to cover that evening. So I was like, you must be on my podcast. And so in this episode, we're going to talk about 
how Heidi started her business at 10 years old and how she got the idea for her business as well as what she actually does and what she's learning as she grows as an entrepreneur, what she struggles with, and also what she feels is her greatest success thus far. And we're also going to hear her unique perspective on facing misconceptions and a lot more. So I think you're just going to absolutely love this conversation and Heidi as much as I did. And as I said, she's the owner and founder of Making Waves, which is a small business created to help save marine life. Before she had her business, she was very passionate about marine life in the ocean, and that passion has always stuck with her. So now she makes handmade eco-friendly products like reusable shopping and tote bags, and she donates all of the profits to the New England Aquarium. She's doing this to help the creatures on our planet and to inspire others to take action. She also wants to inspire anyone else who's thinking about taking taking a risk or trying something new to go for it. She started when she was only 10 years old and now she is on her way to living her dream life. Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Hi, Heidi, and welcome to the She Built This podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I think you are officially our youngest guest, which is so super exciting. How does it feel? That's <laughs> <laughs> so exciting. I feel great. <laughs> Good. Um, all right. So I read your bio, obviously, before you joined us, but um, I always love to hear in your own words who you are and what you do. Um, okay. So my name's Heidi. Um, like you just said, I'm the creator of Making Ways. Making Ways, it's a small nonprofit business made to help save marine life. I create handmade, reusable, eco-friendly products, and I sell them on Etsy, and then I donate the money that I raise to the New England Aquarium. And then at the aquarium, they do amazing work to help rescue, rehabilitate, and release marine life. And one day, I hope to become one of the marine biologists there. Nice. And outside of your business, um, outside of your nonprofit, what, uh, what do you like to do? And like where, you know, do you have siblings, that kind of thing? Oh, okay. So... Um, I do lots of dance classes, um, which is really fun. I've always been interested in dance. I've done it since I was like three years old. And, um, you know, I really love art, which is why I love making um, handmade products for my business. because It's so fun to work on. And I have three younger sisters, um, Lily, Skylar, and Emma. And I love them very much. They're, they're so fun. They're kind of a handful, but I love them. They're great. Sisters are really fun. I always wanted sisters growing up. I had three younger brothers. So, um, and what kind of dance do you do? Um, well, I've always done ballet, which I, I really enjoy ballet, but it's really like, it's one of those things where it looks really easy because it's so hard because we have to make it look easy because we're doing like, we're like holding our leg above our head for like 30 seconds, making it look super easy. So then people are like, that's simple. It's not. Um, but yeah I really love ballet I do modern um and jazz and I do kind of all sorts of dance um and I've done like different classes throughout the years but that's pretty much my main like group that's fun you're so well-rounded um (laughs) so tell us how you got the idea for your business 
So when I was in fourth grade, um, my school, they were doing some sort of like um, event about books. I can't remember exactly what it was, but we were um, visited by the author naturalist, Cy Montgomery, and she gave us this presentation on um, like her travels around the world, um, all the animals she's met, and, and like I was just so inspired by her because it just like her life sounded amazing like she got to pretty much like travel and meet all these animals and like help save the world and write books like that sounded amazing I was so inspired and I wanted to be the next time Montgomery pretty much um and she told us about how um animals were going um extinct and how many species are going endangered and it was really sad for me to hear that because I've always loved animals and nature and all that and um, her presentation was just amazing. I was blown away. So at the end of the year in fourth grade, we had to do a project where um, we could research any topic we wanted, and then we had to do a presentation for the rest of the grade. So I picked marine biology because I'd already um, been interested in that. And um, I realized that it was such a like broad topic that I needed to narrow it down. So I decided to do my presentation on marine animals. And in my research for this project, I learned how endangered sea turtles were. Um, and so I got my idea to start my business pretty much off of that. And I knew when I learned that um, sea turtles, especially, because that's kind of where this idea sparked, um, and like all the animals were going endangered, that's when I knew that I needed the help. And um, my idea was to raise money and then donate it somewhere where they can help save these animals. And so I got in contact with Sai, and now we're really great friends, like really, really great friends, which is really cool. And um, she gave, she told me about the New England Aquarium and how they do amazing work to help save marine life. And it was so cool to hear because I had always, you know, gone there, visited there growing up. And, um, I mean, I'm still a kid, but you know what I mean? Um, and it was, it was so cool to um, learn about all the work that they do. So I pretty much like, I set up a little table outside of like a local store in my hometown and I, um, you know, I like made a bunch of, um, I painted on like canvas bags, um, and I made these little clay sea turtles. And I sold all my items um, outside of the store, and I raised, like, almost $500 in one day, which wow. was crazy. And so then I got to go to the aquarium and donate the money. And, yeah, so pretty much my big inspiration was from Sai in her presentation. And, and everything and you came know, after that. I love that. So I had Sai on, and you are so right. There is something just magnetic about her and, like, the life that she lives and the way she interacts with the animal world. It is amazing. She's so um, cool. She is so cool, but I love that one little moment like that, like propelled you on the path that you, that you are on, you know, like we just yeah. never know the impact of us going into a classroom and sharing a story or us doing a Facebook live and sharing our story, or you being on this podcast and sharing your story. Like you just never know the impact of what you're sharing in someone else's life. And so I absolutely love that. Um, have you read any of her books? I'm sure you've read a couple. Um, I haven't read a lot of them, which is actually really sad. Um, I definitely need to read more of her books. Um, when I was in 
fifth or sixth grade. I can't remember. Um, I read Soul of an Octopus, which is by far my favorite book. I just finished that. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, I started The Good Good Pig because she gifted it to my sister Lily because she loves pigs. Um, she gave it to her for like Christmas or something, but um, she's too young to read it, so I started reading it. Um, but then I had like a book thing for school, and then I never got to finish it because I had to read this other book. Um, but yeah, I definitely need to read more of her books. Now, do you ever have the desire to write books of your own? Oh, I love writing. I've always loved writing. Um, and I've always been told that I'm good at it. I'm not quite sure, but um, I'd love to write a book. That sounds really fun. Well, I think that you, yeah, I was going to (laughs) say, I think if you want to do it, you will, especially if you have the desire and you're so clear on it at this age. So, okay, let's talk about like really what that deep down driving force is, like your why behind what you do, because I always think that's, you know, when we hit obstacles and we have struggles in our business, I think it helps us to take a bird's eye view and focus on what that big mission is, that big why is that we are, that we're shooting for. So what is that for you? So like I mentioned earlier, um, I pretty much started my business just because I wanted to help. I want to help all the animals who are going endangered and, you know, like do so much for us. Like, Sea turtles, um, I learned they're pretty much like they're called the ambassadors of the sea because they keep the entire ocean ecosystem in balance, which is crazy because they're one of the only animals that eat seagrass and I believe sea sponge. So um, like it's them and like a few other like species of like small fish or something. And so they're able to keep the entire ocean ecosystem in balance pretty much just by eating. And I know it's crazy. I wish I had that job. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, And so like, you know, we need these animals to live and the ocean, like um, we need the ocean as well. Like, I mean, we get like most of our oxygen from it and, you know, there's full of like beautiful creatures and without the ocean, we, our earth would pretty much just be like a giant floating rock in space. It's like a really dry rock. So like, I mean, there's really so much that we can get out of, like, saving um, these animals in the ocean, and I know that we need to help, and I definitely want to start. So definitely, like, even though, like, there are definitely some hard parts in running a business, especially at my age, and not really knowing what I'm doing sometimes, but definitely what keeps me going is the fact that I'm doing this to help, and I can make an impact, and I want to make an impact. Yeah, that's beautifully said. Um, So let's talk about some of those struggles. Like what, now that you're in this world of entrepreneurship, what do you think your biggest struggle has been? Hmm. Well, there's a lot of stuff that comes with running a business that I wasn't quite prepared for um, because I went from setting up a table occasionally outside and selling items to not being able to do that anymore because of COVID and also just like wanting to start a business. And I'm like, sure, let's turn this into a business. And then it was like, so much came out of that. And there's like so much work that goes into that. And I had no idea about that. So pretty much learning how to run a business while running a business is definitely difficult. Um, Also, the fact that I'm only 13, and I don't have an income, and I don't have a job. So funding is definitely hard. um, Especially since materials can be pricey. And, um, 
like I'm just starting so I don't have a lot of money to um use to buy materials this is kind of like I need to learn um a lot about running a business and yeah it's it's definitely hard sometimes you know what though that's I think how we all kind of are learning to do this thing I mean yes you can take a class and a course and work with a coach and things like that. But a lot of the things that you do as a business owner, as a, as a, especially as a solopreneur right now, as you're starting is to learn as you go, you know, yeah. and make, ch- and make changes as you go and adapt as you go and pivot as you go. So I think like you're right where you need to be. And it does feel like a struggle sometimes. And that's why, you know, I love having a community of support that I can go to and be like, somebody help with this problem that <laughs> I know somebody else has dealt with and I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think it's about really surrounding yourself with some of those people that can help make those struggles less intense. But you you really are exactly where you need to be. Um, so what do you think has been like, what do you think has been your shining moment or like your biggest success? Ooh, when I was, I think, 11, um, I think I had just turned 11, I was invited to um, a sea turtle release um, from the New England Aquarium because a few months earlier I had gone and I had donated um, some of the money that I had raised, and I got to meet Munchkin, who is a 300-pound um, loggerhead sea turtle. The biggest Fitting name. <laughs> yeah, definitely an ironic name. And... Um, she was the biggest sea turtle that they had ever had at the sea turtle hospital. And she washed up on shore. She was cold stunned. So like pretty much when the water gets too cold for the sea turtles, they pretty much just shut down and then they'll wash up on the shore. And so the people at the aquarium will rescue them and nurse them back to health. And then they'll release them. So that's what they were doing with Munchkin. And they were certain that she was dead at first and that there was no saving her, but they tried and now she's all she's all healthy and she's ready to go home and I was so excited that I got to be at the release and so when I was there you know seeing her so happy to be back home was crazy and I knew that the money that I had donated went to make that happen so knowing that I had a hand in helping Munchkin go home was just amazing like I it's it makes me so happy to know that. Yeah, that's awesome. You got to like witness the impact you were making firsthand. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, all right. So I kind of want to shift gears a tiny bit um, from some of the more philosophical stuff to some of the more practical stuff. So I'm curious to hear about like how you've experienced the world of marketing. And as you said, times have changed a little bit in with COVID and you haven't been able to like be as much in front of people. Mm-hmm. So what have you kind of had to do to like shift your marketing and what, what things have you tried? Where do you feel like, oh my gosh, I have so much learning to do in this area? Pretty much all of it I have to learn how to do, to be honest, because like I usually um, use like social media, like especially Instagram. That's kind of my go-to um, social media platform. And I mean, like I'm pretty much learning like how to um you know, like post the right things to um, get people to know what you're doing and support you. And it's, it's crazy, because I have really just recently learned what marketing is and like how to do it. So I don't really have a great answer to this question, because I'm kind of learning all of that stuff. 
So yeah. One thing I see as a really powerful tool for you, and I think it's just natural because you're you are so good at communication and like um being really like authentic and it's it's fun to talk to you. So I think like you doing podcasts and like being part of New Hampshire Chronicle and any newspapers and magazines you can get in like that to me is gold because then people really get to see and meet you and hear your story. And that's Mm -hmm. where I think that's where I think so much of the magic lies. Um, But yeah, social media is, I mean, it's a game we all have to play, a tool we all have to learn. And it's, it's like a blessing and a curse. You know what I mean? It's like so great until it's not. So so I give you props um, and and know that I'm learning right along with you because it's changing all the time anyway. So like <laughs> once you learn something, it's yeah. going to toss you a curveball and have you learn more. But I think really like, you know, marketing, what, what I think it all boils down to is just showing up like really genuinely and being yourself and and making sure that the the crux of your message, like that big why is coming through loud and clear because that's what people are investing in, you know? Yeah, definitely. The, 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 the people you want to attract, I should mm-hmm. say. <clears throat> so, all right. What do you think, like, did, have you always wanted to be an entrepreneur and have your own business or did that part of it kind of just like happen? Um, it definitely sort of just happens because like, I want to be a marine biologist. That is my goal. I want to um, be like the people at the aquarium who are helping um, these animals. And um, part of like, when I first started like raising money, I had no idea that that was going to turn into a business that just kind of like happened on its own because I kind of decided that I wanted to take it a step further while I was so into it. Um, so like, I really never thought that I was going to be an entrepreneur and own a business, but like, here I am. So yeah, that was crazy. And what would you say your favorite part of it is? Hmm, I love, um, I definitely love talking to people and like, um, engaging with people, like whether it be like online or like in person, like I've had so many people like at school or like just out and about who know me from like social media or just like, I don't know, somewhere who will be like, um, Oh my gosh, th- I heard your story and all this great stuff. And this is what I'm doing to like help the environment. Or like, I hear so many stories about people who have like family members who live like, um, more Southern where like, um, like in Florida or like North Carolina, where there are a lot of sea turtles and they like, know people who do like work to help them like I've heard so many cool stories about that and I love like hearing other people's stories on like how they help the environment whether it just be like using reusable shopping bags or reusable straws or like also hearing that they want to help and like asking me like what can I do to help too because I love hearing that it makes me so happy yeah, like really helping to educate them on ways that they can do more. Oh, it sounds like you need a podcast, my friend. <laughs> um, all right. So what do you think would be your least favorite part of being an entrepreneur or the entrepreneurial world of what you've seen? Hmm. Um, right now, I don't necessarily have a least favorite, like personally. I mean, I've seen a lot of... Um, people like especially especially online like this doesn't even go for like just businesses like getting like a lot of negativity 
and it kind of it really bothers me like I've seen I mean it's not even just for businesses online like there's so there's so much negativity sometimes and it really it's so annoying um you know what? And I think that's one of the things. Yeah. I think that's one of the things I love most about you is that you are such a positive person. Like, and you're not even dealing with rosy topics. Like you're dealing with the planet and the fact that we don't take care of the planet. Most humans do not take good care of the planet. That's a serious topic, but like you are so positive and make it so fun and light and educational. And I love that. And you're so right. There is a lot of negativity out there. And I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Um. Yeah. Like, there's, um, I mean, there's so much negativity, especially about things surrounding, like, pollution and climate change and all this stuff that I'm working to try to end. And so if negativity is not going to, like, balance out negativity, that's not, that's not how that's going to work. So, I mean, if you're positive and you can see that, like, hey, we can help, then, like, then people are going to want to join in, whether, like, unless you're, like, negative about it then people are going to be like oh my gosh this is freaking me out instead of like how can I help and I mean I don't really deal with a lot of negativity um I mean I don't really deal with a lot of negativity um everyone I've seen is definitely very positive but um I've seen other people have that and I just um I don't really want to experience that but I know I mean I'm gonna have to at some point but yeah yeah, but I, I think you're right. Creating fear and shame and uh, anger is not the way to make change, you know? Yeah. Um. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about like, y- you you know, you're in school all, all the time. <laughs> then you dance. Like you are a busy lady. So when do you ever take, like when, what, when do you work on your business? Um. So, I mean, like my schedule is to go to school all day and then come home from school and do homework or go to dance and then like do homework after dance or something. But like, um, I know that I have free time either in the afternoons after school when I don't have dance or on the weekends. So like I can plan like what, like, or like what, when I'm going to do certain things. Um, when I know like, okay, I don't have dance on this day, so I'll do it then. Or, um, I can work on this over the weekend because I know I have time and like it is definitely hard to like balance out like um, school dance running a business having three younger sisters which having like uh, like family like can be kind of like time consuming sometimes because like you know like sometimes I watch my sisters um, while like my parents are doing things which is great because I love spending time with my sisters it's just sometimes, um, like life is just so busy. So it is definitely, I'm learning how to balance that out, but that's pretty much how I do it. Just knowing when I have free time and knowing that I'll be able to work on things. Yeah. And really like knowing, I love that you're not trying to like tackle Rome in one day. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, okay, this is the little bit of time that I have. So I'm going to use that little bit of time and not worry about the other time that is not getting focused on these things. Yeah. Um, all right. I I'm curious, do, do people ever assume anything about you that is incorrect that you're like constantly like, no, that is not me. Like an assumption that people make. (laughs) oh my gosh okay so when I first started my business I think I mentioned this earlier I was just donating money to 
the sea turtle hospital for the New England Aquarium. And my business is mostly focused on sea turtles. That's why I've been talking about like my experiences with sea turtles and things I know about that because that's kind of where I started. Um, So I've been called Turtle Girl ever since I started by pretty much everyone I know. And I mean, I know there's worse things that I could be called. But like now that I'm being called Turtle Girl and like people call my business, oh, it's your little turtle business. Like, yes, but no, but not quite. It's kind of, it's like, yeah, so it's like, like you're experiencing them not really taking you seriously. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Yeah. a lot of that. Well, I, I imagine, and, and maybe this is not all of it, of course, but I imagine that some of your peers are probably jealous of the thing that you're building and how ambitious you are and how like, um, charismatic you are. So realize that some of it, maybe not all of it again, but some of it comes from a place of jealousy and people wanting to be like you. So if that helps at all, (laughs) a lot of times it's just because people don't know how to interact with you, I think. And so then they think that making fun of you is an easier way to do that. You know? Oh, I've experienced that sometimes. Yeah. Well, it was fun, really fun having you. And as your kind of like takeaway for everybody, I'm going to say that you have a soapbox right here that you can stand on. And if you can stand on that soapbox and say anything to like the people of the world, what would it be? Um, probably like, uh, I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but I mean, I'm all about like positive change and helping save the world. And I mean, I know that it's possible and I know that there are tons of other people who feel the same way as I do that we need to take action and help and all this stuff. So, I mean, I just want people to know that it's possible and that it can happen. And even if you're doing something small, like using reusable shopping bags instead of the plastic ones when you go to the store or bringing your own cup to like um, a restaurant or something instead of using a plastic one, um, just little things that makes a huge difference. And really anything that you can do is super helpful. Like, I mean, I know I'm running an entire business, but you don't need to run a business to help save the world. You know what I mean? Like you can do, you can just do little things and I can help. Yeah. It, and it starts and it, and it starts with each and every one of us, I think, to to make those kinds of impacts doing little things. You Definitely. know, that's how we make big change. So or as your business name is, that's how we make waves. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So why don't you tell people how to connect with you online? Uh, maybe your Instagram would be great. And then how to like find some of your products on your Etsy shop. Um, so. Um, my, I sell my products on Etsy, which is, um, linked in my bio on Instagram. Um, my name on Instagram is making ways by Heidi. Um, so if you just look that up and my name on Etsy is the same thing, making ways by Heidi. And I have, um, I think all my contact information in my Instagram. So, um, pretty much if you just go there, then you'll have everything. Perfect. And I'll make sure that all those links are in the show notes where people can pull it up while they're listening and click away. Perfect. 
Well, Heidi, this was really fun. Again, I'm so glad we got to meet again in like a little more of a one-to-one setting because you were part of the panel and you were fantastic on the panel, but I could have heard way more from you. So, um, and now I have that opportunity. So thank you so much for joining me. Yeah. Thank you. And I wish you luck. And I know that we shall meet again. Yeah, definitely. This is really, really fun. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.